good morning again and Merry Christmas. Um, this is the, the capstone, as we said last night, this is the capstone on our Advent season. Advent is the, it's the Christmas season. It's the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And we've been studying uh, and had this theme, Adventum, as part of our um, uh, um, messages all the way through Advent, the four Sundays leading up. And Adventum is a Latin word that means the arrival, because this is the season of celebrating Jesus' arrival on the earth. This is the, the season of celebrating that God has shown up on our earth, that he came in the flesh in order to forgive sin and bring people into a relationship with himself. So this is the good news all rolled into this one month that we celebrate called Advent and then Christmas. And this Christmas is the capstone because it's the, as, as Ben said, the light is, the candle is lit. Christ has arrived, we're celebrating today. And the sermon this morning, you're going to hear from all three of us in little snippets, but the title is The Glory of Heaven Arrives on the Earth. See, this is the story of Christmas, that the glory of heaven, the good news, the majesty of God is descended onto the earth where we get to experience Jesus. Because not only did he arrive in the flesh 2,000 years ago in order to go to the cross on our behalf, but he arrives in real time to each of us who have said yes to a relationship with him. And we anticipate his arriving in the future. So this arrival, this glory of heaven has come and is coming and will continue to come. And so this is the, this, the message that glory from heaven has descended onto the earth. And I want to, this is the message of Luke chapter 2. We've been going through Luke chapter 1 for the entire Advent season. And uh, we talked about all the characters there. And we're in Luke chapter 2 last night and today. Last night, what you missed was the beginning of, of Luke chapter 1, where we, uh, in, and you heard Linus say it uh, earlier on in, this, in the, uh, uh, the morning. Linus read that story, that in the days of Caesar Augustus, do you remember this story? We won't read all 14 verses now. I hope you've read it together as a family. You've looked at it in your quiet time. But this is, this, this is the, the passage in Luke where it talks about the, a baby being born, of Jesus actually arriving on the earth. And what happened is this, this um, uh, a census was commanded to be taken, and so everybody had to return to their hometowns to be counted, and this is what got Joseph and Mary, who was with child, he was pledged to be married to her, they ended up back in Bethlehem because that was the city of David and he came from the line of David. And when they were there, it was time for the baby to be born. And so they went to some guest house. There wasn't enough room in the inn, so they stayed in the manger and the baby I mean, stayed in, the, in the, probably where all the animals were kept. And when the baby was born, they put him in a, in a little horse trough, a little maybe sheep you know, trough. And that's where Jesus was born. And when this all then happened, the shepherds were in the fields nearby and a light shone around them. The glory of God shone around them. And as Linus says, and they were sore afraid. They were terrified at what happened because the glory of God had shown up. And the, and the angels gave a message. And this is what we preached on last night. The angels gave this message that they said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ, the Messiah, the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So that was the point so far. They came, they ended up in Bethlehem, the baby was born, these angels were there, I mean, the shepherds were there, and this angel shows up and goes, this is amazing. Savior's been born. And then we come to the text for this morning. Not only were the angel, the, did the angel show up to the shepherds last night, but then these verses, starting in verse 13. You'll see it on the screen. Suddenly, suddenly then, in the midst of this, a great 
company of the heavenly host appeared. There had been an angel there. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, it's sort of like the choir showed up. It's sort of like the angel had this word, was preaching the truth. All of a sudden this choir of angels showed up. A great company of the heavenly host showed up. And they said, they were praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Love that. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. In other words, this was their message. This is what they came to say. They go, listen, here's the deal. In case you didn't get it from the one angel, in case you didn't understand from this message that, it, that in this manger, there's going to be a baby and it's God coming to earth. In case you didn't get, get the message, they said, here's the deal. There's two things going on. One, in heaven, glory to God. And on earth, peace to people who have the favor of God on them. In heaven, there's glory. On earth, there's some impact. In heaven, wow, and on earth, stuff's happening in people's lives. That's what they came to say. This is the, the, the glory of heaven coming down at Christmas. That's what Christmas is. It's the arriving of glory. That's why we've used this word adventum this whole time. Christmas is the glory of God coming down to earth. And I just want to focus on that first phrase. If you see the phrase lined up here on the screen, I just want to focus on that first phrase for my part. That idea of glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God in the highest. Glory is an interesting word, isn't it? It's used in two ways. Glory is something that's true about God. It's all the majesty and all the beauty and all the purity and all the holiness and all of the omniscience. And it's the character of God. It's about who God is, right? Glory is the truth about who God is. Glory to God in the highest. And remember, we saw it a little bit earlier in the text that the glory of the Lord shone around those shepherds, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and that's what they were terrified about. So it's something that is, it's, it's sort of this, it's what is true about God. It's a description of God, and yet it's how we also respond. It's sort of the, what they say about God. It's true about God, and it's what they say about God. That's what glory is. So it's all of a sudden like, whoa, glory. Well, there's the glory and the majesty of God, and then their response is glory to God. I tried to think of a, a parallel in our world where we would, Use something like that where it's true, and then that's also what we say. I'm not even sure I could think of one that is a perfect parallel to that. But it's a response to what is true about God. All the majesty and glory and power and holiness and beauty and light. That's, God, that's God's glory. And when it's revealed, then we give him glory. We give him, maybe we would say, honor in light of that glory that he is. And it was the angel's job in this text to tell it like it is. It says in verse 13, they showed up praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. I love it. The, the one angel comes, he goes, okay, here's the deal. They didn't all show up at one time because the, the, they probably would have blown those shepherds way out of the water. One of them has the message, okay, here's the deal. A baby's going to be born to you. A savior's going to be born. And then it's like the curtain draws open and the rest of the angels, it was their job, it says, to come praising God and declaring his glory. It's like we couldn't talk about the character of God and the intention of God without these angels showing up and going, wow, this is it. The, the, the reminder for, the, the picture for me was, if you, did you watch any of the Warrior playoff games last time? One of my favorite things about a basketball team is the camaraderie on the the bench when they're all linking arms and whenever like some like Steph would drop a three-pointer at the buzzer in one of these games the bench just ah, they come unglued you know they're all holding each other back and they're just like ah it's like it's their job to be like you gotta know how amazing this is that's the angel's job they came praising God saying glory to God in the highest 
I love that. It's like they're the wow. It's like they're the wow, you guys. It's interesting. That's been the angel's job forever. If you look through Revelation, which is our glimpse of heaven, the angels have been existing in heaven for eternity past, since they were created at least, and until now, and they will be in heaven. And their job in heaven is to give glory to God. So these creatures, whatever they're, they're in all kinds of forms too when you read in Revelation. They're in the forms of animals, and they're in the forms of people, and they're just, they look like people. They've got wings. There's one, one uh, description in Revelation chapter 4 about these angels that had, one looked like a lion, and one looked like a man, and one looked like a this, and one looked like that, but they had eyes all over the place. And the symbol, they had eyes even under their wings. They each had six wings. But you know what they were doing? These were the eyes, the symbol of the eyes. The symbol of the eyes were they could see God clearly. It's sort of like the John who got the revelation was getting the point that when people really get to see how unbelievable God is, like they had eyes everywhere, like they could see God, all they would say is glory and power and honor to you. This is what they did. That was their job to respond to God. Why? Why were they so affected? Why are they so wowed by this? Because, friends, the glory of God manifested both God's character and God's intent. The glory of God showed his character and his intent, and that's what we see in the Christmas story, that his character is shown that in his holy and his, and his awesomeness, in his holiness and his awesomeness, his character was that he unrelentingly loves his creation. And they were like, wow, glory to God. They saw his character and they saw his intent. And his intent was, out of that love, he was going to come and rescue people. He was going to come to a weary world and meet the needs of every human heart. He was going to meet people and reunite them to himself. His character and his intent. His character, unrelenting love, his intent to rescue and to reconcile and to redeem. And it's them giving words to this, wow, this is what is true. And this is what we will say forever. Wow, look who our God is. And wow, look what he has done, the angel said. Glory to God. In heaven, glory. And on earth, peace. What an incredible picture that God, when he invites us into worship, when we come and we get our mind fixed and set around who God is, on, on, on heaven, glory, then on earth, peace. And boy, do we need it. And what's funny is, you look, I guess it's not funny, you watch the news and you, you know people and the world is, it's spinning out of control. And there's just something that's fundamentally broken about the human character and you know this to be true. Even in the precious little babies that we have and our children, we threw a Christmas party a couple weeks ago and we thought we had this great idea of inviting our friends and their kids to our house. Normally you just invite friends and you like pawn everyone's kids off. And so we, uh, we try to be good hosts and uh, hostesses and so we have everything set up for parents and then we cleaned out our garage and we put out tables and we made gingerbread houses. All the fixings were lined up in our house. So beautiful. The gingerbread houses were made. There was bowls of M&Ms and sugar plums. I don't know sugar plums, that's why. But whatever, all the different candies that go there. And uh, we were all so excited for the kids to come and experience Christmas. And within four minutes, you know exactly what happened. I walked down the garage to see what was happening. And some kid's like shoving M&Ms into his brother's mouth. And another girl's crying because some other kid smashed their gingerbread house. And in like five minutes, these kids who were going to have this incredible Christmas, our garage was decimated. And we still had two more hours of a party left to do, you know? 
there's something fundamentally broken about our human character and it devolves. When I was in high school, I read the book, Lord of the Flies, and I've seen a couple different versions of the movie. And what happens is when, they, when these kids are left alone and there's no more adults around, and you think, oh, kids, finally, we can do what we want to do. And sure enough, it just devolves into total anarchy and chaos and death. And I love this picture at the end of, uh, of the movie where the, soul, the British soldiers show up on the scene and, and, uh, and one of the main characters, he's running away as this whole tribe of just crazed kids are trying to kill him. And all of a sudden the adult shows up and the boy just falls to his knees and he weeps and he's safe. And I love it in the movie. You, I mean, the book's probably does a good job too, but I forget because I did the cliff notes. But in the movie... Right? You look back and you see the boys, and all of a sudden they're all like, oh. Right? Like all of a sudden the adults showed up and there was peace. And I love this passage in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, Unto them a child will be born, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And Jesus, the glorious appearing is when heaven, the glory of heaven breaks forward, open, and Jesus comes to earth as Emmanuel, as the wonderful counselor. What's interesting is hardships, pain, and suffering is not what makes people crazy and what makes people lonely and spin out. People who do that in isolation are who really struggle. People who have friends, who have counselors, who have people who see them, who care for them intimately, who listen to them, who hear from them, who have empathy and care, uh, ca uh, carry their burdens with them, who can be an outside voice and give perspective, those people are whole and safe. We all wish we had friends like that. Sometimes we have to pay friends and have pay counselors and spiritual directors to sit with us because the, the longing of the human heart is to have a counselor, have someone with us. Right? There's all sorts of punishment that you can have. You can be fined. You can be on parole. You can go to jail. You can go to maximum security jail. Or you can be in solitary confinement. Right? The most sane punishment that we can do that feels at least sort of okay is still awful, which is to be in solitary confinement, to be cut off and alone. And Jesus comes as the wonderful counselor who invites us to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. And Jesus also comes as mighty God. I always think of him as the, the flowy, effeminate man with a very white robe when everyone else has kind of dirty robes, you know? But Jesus is not. He's the mighty God. He is the embodiment of truth and grace. He is the actual representation of the British soldier showing up in the end of Lord of the Flies. He is the one who says, no, 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 no. This is how you live. This is how you behave with one another. This is how you care for the world around you. This is what I long to do. This is the order and the world and the realm in which I want to establish. He is the mighty God. And he doesn't do it in some sissy or passive way. He does it in a way that we, doesn't make sense to us. But his way has proven true over 2,000 years that those who follow him, those who submit to him, those who give their lives to him, their life is now um, characterized by peace. And what's crazy is those people's lives that they influence begin to experience some peace. So Jesus comes as the mighty counselor, I mean, as the wonderful counselor and as the mighty God. And he comes as our everlasting father. What's really incredible about the family system is a healthy family system creates incredible people who are whole and who change the world. 
And when a family system gets a little bit off its kilter and we, we experience dysfunction, and most of us have those, and so we, we feel like we're normal. We have all this family dysfunction. But what's incredible is that an everlasting father, Jesus is reestablishing the family unit, the family system, and saying, this is how it works. I'm the everlasting father, and you are my precious daughters and sons. You have dignity and value and worth. Think about Christmas when you, when you exchange gifts. You know, you have candies and gift cards for the people in your periphery, but for your family, right? There's a different intention. There's a different, right? There's a different whole thing about it because they are yours and you belong to each other. And God is our heavenly father and he sees us. He loves us. We have actually a seat at the table, not as guests, but as full-fledged daughters and sons. And not only do we have a place in our love, but we actually have a purpose. I love in Scripture, it says that children are disciplined, children have chores, children have things to do because they're contributors to the family. And we are invited to be contributors to bring peace on earth. And lastly, that he is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus is the sum. He's the point of the spear, the way that he's going to bring peace to this chaotic world, peace to our chaotic lives, is because he is the full embodiment of a deep and intimate friendship as our wonderful counselor. He is a full embodiment of the right way in which authority and power should be manifest. And he comes to set the wrongs right, to establish the new kingdom. And finally, he is our everlasting father who invites us into the family of God to be his precious daughters and sons. And so may we personally encounter the living Christ, to encounter Jesus, to experience this peace. And may we encounter and give that peace to others as well. But as you can see, there's a whole other phrase. It's not just on earth peace, but there's a whole other phrase to those on whom his favor rests. And that phrase uh, sparks something of the pragmatist in me. Mine is a spirituality of a Christian pragmatist, which sometimes gets me in trouble. Because I'm interested primarily in whether or not something's true. But there's something in my soul that demands that something work. And there's some element of whether or not something works that informs its veracity, it seems to me. The pragmatist in me hears this thing about peace to those on whom his favor Rest and two questions jump right to the forefront for me. One, okay, then where's this line of people upon whom the favor of God rests? And question number two, how do I get in that line? Because I want to be among those upon whom the favor of God rests. As I was considering that this week, I was reminded of a couple of answers couple of texts that remind us what those answers are. Where's that line of people and how do I make sure I'm in it? Peace, good news, peace to the earth, peace to those upon whom his favor rests. Here's the first point, that I was reminded that he's willing for his favor to rest on anyone. Those upon whom his favor rests. Where's that line and how do I get in it? He's willing to have his favor rest on anyone. Are you familiar with this text from 2 Peter 
Do not, people were wondering about, okay, did we miss the second coming of Christ? Uh, We've been aware, what's wrong? Did we get sort of left behind? Peter says, do not forget this one thing, dear friends, because it's taking a long time. This is several thousand years ago. He says, don't forget this. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Relax. It was the Brett Favre moment. Relax. Last season when they were losing so much. Peter says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, and here's where we see this idea that he's willing for his favor to rest on anyone and everyone. Instead, he's being patient with you, not wanting anyone to miss out, to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance, for everyone to find their way to that line. Where's the line of people upon whom his favor rests? Well, he's willing to have his favor rest on anyone. And that second question, and how do I get in that line? Well, he's not only willing to have his favor rest on anyone, but we're reminded at Christmas time and through this text that he offers his favor to everyone. John 1, he came to his own to have his favor rest on them. And those who were his own, his own Jewish community, did not receive him, but as many as did receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. He's willing to have his favor rest on anyone. Peace to those upon whom his favor rests. And so he offers his favor to everyone. Anyone who comes to me and receives this offer that I give them. Remember that so well-known verse God loved the world so much, the world, the system of the world, the people that run it. He loved them so much that he gave his uniquely begotten son so that anyone who would receive that son, who would, in a sense, live into that picture Ben put up when the humans, when the adults showed up in Lord of the Flies and the kids finally said, ah, order. And they bowed down and they were just clinging to the feet of that person of peace. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm offering my favor to anyone who will receive it and bow down and say, yes, order, shalom, peace, a way of living that makes sense, that brings wholeness. You lead me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Without you, it's chaos. That favor is offered to everyone. Why? Because he longs for everyone to experience it and the peace that comes with it. So in short, God is with us, offering his favor to us, not hiding that collection of people upon whom his favor rests, but seeking us and saying, Come on, come and come over here and be among those upon whom my favor rests. The question then is not, can I have his favor? The real question is, will I have his favor? Will I receive his favor? Will I say yes 
to peace? Or will I insist on continuing in something less than the favor of God, the peace that comes because of this good news? I want to give you a chance to ask that question today. Christmas morning, 2016. He's wooing. He says, man, come. Quit struggling. Come. Receive my friendship. Come on, let's walk together. Have you ever made a decision to say yes to that invitation of Jesus, to say, yeah, I choose peace. I choose to have your favor poured out upon me. I choose to bow down, quit pretending I'm just fine without you, and follow you, Jesus. This is the day we celebrate your birth, but maybe your prayer this morning is, hey, I want it to be the day of my real, true second birth, where today I become a Christian. I follow Jesus. And for the person who's already been following Jesus, let me ask you this and challenge you this with this question today. Are you living with the pragmatic awareness of the fact that because you have received Christ, you are a person of his favor and that peace is available to you? Do you make decisions based on the assumption God's favor rests on me? God's for me. God loves me. His favor dictates what's true, not what I just heard from somebody or believed about myself. And might it be time to stand up firmly and say, there was a day I heard the offer of Christ and I received it and I followed him. And that means that this is the day and every day is the day I live like a princess and a prince, like a daughter or a son of God upon whom his favor rest. For God is always with us, offering the good news of peace to all upon whom his favor rests.